Hey friends, welcome to the Bridge Podcast, a podcast all about building bridges between parenting and faith. The goal? To encourage and equip parents to be the spiritual leaders of their home. And now, your host, Cody Monkman. Hey friends, welcome to episode one of the Bridge Podcast. Uh, This is a podcast that we're kind of starting to equip and encourage parents, caregivers, and uh, families all around the area uh, in building bridges between parenting and faith. And today we have Dr. Kluver um, from Clinton here, and we are going to be talking about exhaustion and how parents, caregivers, leaders of their families, a lot of them today, they're exhausted. And how does that impact um, how they lead their families, how they uh, lead their families in the faith, and what can we do to help with this ever-busy, stressful world that we live in and creates us to get exhausted. So, um, Dr. Kluver, hey, welcome. Hey, Cody, thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to first uh, just kind of get to know you um, and your family personally for everyone listening. We are obviously for locals. We know that you are a doctor in town, but um, are you from here? Yes, I am a native to Clinton, grew up here. The only time I spent away from here was going to school. Um, I'm a chiropractor. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I feel very close to Clinton and, and the community as a whole just because I did grow up here. But I have um, now two businesses. My husband works in a very um, community-driven role as well at the local YMCA. So we are definitely involved. Um, Where'd you go to school? I went to, I started my my undergrad journey at uh, Richland in Decatur, and then I finished at Southern Illinois in Carbondale, and then I moved on to chiropractic school in St. Louis, or suburb suburb of St. Louis in Chesterfield, Missouri, and that's where I stayed until I returned to Clinton to start my career. Now your husband, his name is Rennie. Rennie, yeah. Where did he go to school? He went to college at North Central in Naperville. Okay. And um, he is very much a, a small town guy as well. He enjoys this this wonderful town of Clinton. He grew up in Watsika, Illinois. So it's a little bit smaller than Clinton. Um, thought he wanted to be a city boy for a minute, went to Naperville to school, and then decided quickly that he'd rather be in a small town. Uh, so I'm thankful me. for that because that's where we are. That was so me. Did you know that I, I went to the suburbs for that a That was bit? you too, yeah. yeah. I purposely moved up north and did some teaching up there thinking that I would land a full-time teaching job and right. would teach in the suburbs. Right. And then I got and up there and I was like, this is a Never mind. I can't right. do it. I can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> Nothing against my yeah. same friends. Yeah. Yes, Anyhow. No. Yeah. Yeah. I love Chicago. I love Chicago. I love St. Louis. I love Indy. I just can't live there. Right. So Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a great place to visit. Well, um, okay. So how long have you been um, living back in Clinton? So I've been back in Clinton for 16 and a half years now, which seems crazy okay. that it could have been that long. Um, I've been very blessed with, I never thought in a million years I'd come back to my small town, um, but been, have been very blessed, met my husband here, have been um, here for my parents, and uh, I also have a brother that lives here, niece and nephew, and um, I just feel very blessed to have been able to come back to my hometown and be able to be so close with my family, and then 
actually some amazing friends that I've reconnected with after being with being to college and then coming back as well. Mm -hmm. So um, 16 years, and in that time, I've been married and now have two children. Um, I have Brooks, who is my son, and he just turned 11, which is also Nice. Crazy. Happy birthday, Brooks. Happy birthday, Brooks. And then I have my daughter, Lila, who is eight. And, of course, like any parent would say, they're the joys of my life, and they certainly are the, they're my why. They're why I get up every day and why I do what I do. Even the career path that I've chosen um, has wasn't initially because of mm -hmm. them, but it's certainly adapted um, to to just better the the health and the wellness of for them and for my community, so they have just the the best opportunities moving forward. Now, um, I know, and many locals know, that your office moved off the square. Do you at all miss the square? Well, you know what I miss is the um, the Christmas lights right now. Yeah. Oh, man. The city has done yeah. an amazing job with yeah. the Christmas lights. It looks so beautiful up there. Um, there are, I had great neighbors and, you know, a, a wonderful atmosphere where I was. Um, I joke that I bought my new building for the windows in the parking lot, <laughs> and I caught a little glimpse of that the other day when I was trying to get to the bank. Yeah, I noticed your post on Facebook. Uh, what was that? Oh, wait, no, maybe it was a different post. It was, uh, I don't know, a picture of your window. Oh, my window. It was snowing. Like, oh, I, I was like, I was in window. a snow globe, and it was beautiful, and I was having a little moment there of gratefulness, yeah. and yeah. Um, so, you know, my patients uh, deserve better, is what I say, and, and you don't know... You don't know you do until you're living it. Mm -hmm. And I just, I needed a, a place where it was more efficient and functional for my patients and was easier to get into and get to and just provided that wellness environment. And, you know, there's so much I could, I could uh, talk all day and, and perform the, the treatments that I do all day. But if it's not in that environment where people feel really really healthful and inspired, then it's it's not making the grade that I wanted it now, to. Now, Rennie, I, I believe you told me this, Rennie went to school for education? Yes. He was an educator? Yes. He okay. was a teacher, a high school history teacher for, I think, 10 years. Okay. And then uh, during that time frame, he went to get his master's degree in administration, and he then became a principal and was a principal of a grade school for, I believe, three years. Um, and then just decided that uh, the education field, you know, as a career was not for him, um, although he's still very much an educator, very much a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so he actually stayed home with my kids for a couple years, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. And until he find, found something that was the right fit for not only him, but our family. And that's when he took the position at the YMCA, which is, it, it affords him the chance to be a teacher and be a coach. That was another thing that he did um, for years, to be a coach and to be um, a mentor for others and still be a leader and have more opportunities in that mm. direction. So uh, growing up in Clinton, did you always want to be a chiropractor? No. I think um, when I was in high school, I thought I wanted to be a dentist. God, God love my dentist friends, okay. but then I figured out that not everybody has pretty teeth. <laughs> and so I thought, yeah, maybe that's not the way I wanted to go. But I knew health field was a direction for me. 
I definitely have a, a servant heart and a caregiving heart. And so um, I, when I went to college, I actually started to start my degree in biology, and which was good because that's where I ended up. Mm -hmm. I needed that. But um, really just kind of faltering in that, where am I going to land in this health field? What's What really speaks to me? And it was talking to my chiropractic mentor that I ended up buying my practice from, came mm. home one Christmas and went in to get adjusted. And because I've been adjusted since I was a child and I went in and he said, well, what are you going to do with your life, Steph? And I said, well, I don't know. Maybe I'll be a physical therapist. I'm just not really sure. And he said, well, why don't you go to chiropractic school? And it was like a light bulb literally went off in my head. Mm. I was in my junior year of college at this point. So thank goodness I hadn't been pursuing an accounting degree or something oh my gosh, like that. Yeah. So it took a few little twists and turns and I was able to um, get into chiropractic school in a timely manner. And, you know, really what led me to chiropractic was not to rid people of their neck and back pain. Now, we're masterful at that. That's, that's the, we see people every day with neck and back pain. There's no doubt about it. But there is so much more in the arena of really helping people live a healthful life and inspiring them and encouraging them to take um, a role in that themselves because they should, they should not only be the, the leader in their jobs and their families and, and um, you know, organizations that they're in, but they should be the leader and their, their biggest health advocate and their children's biggest health advocate. So we do, without you know, getting into anything technical, my, my life's work is to help your body function to its optimal level. And whether that's, you know, specific adjustments to the nervous system, or if it's teaching you how to eat well, or teaching you how to um, exercise, or be active, or sleep well, or, or moving you out of stress and into where your why is and your purpose mm -hmm. is, then I have created my dream. And let me tell you, um, I'm not very good at that myself. So, um, <laughs> so you need some help coming. I know I, I'm looking very forward to this conversation. Um, okay. So I have, I don't know, have I known you maybe three or four years? I would say that. I mean, yeah. Um, I don't really know your faith journey. Um, okay. I would say I really got connected to you when I was doing children's ministry here at the church. Absolutely. Um, Cause your kids were in it. Yeah. Um, and then I started going to your office. Mm -hmm. um, what is your faith story? Where did it start? Um, take us in that take direction. Take through it? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's super exciting, Cody. No, I I was born the son of, or not not the son, I was born the yeah. granddaughter. Ooh, Thank glad you. we got that straight. That's all right. <laughs> I was born the granddaughter of a preacher man. And so my mother, it was my mother's father, and uh, he was my mother's father. And so we were very much a part of the church my whole life. Um, we, I grew up going to church every Sunday. I grew up in youth group. I grew up in Sunday school um, doing choir cantatas and that whole, the whole thing, the whole package. Um, when I went away to college, I fell from that, and I did the college thing. And I did the studying thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I went to church once in a while. And I certainly was not ingrained in the church at that point. I'd come home and go to church with mom, that type of thing. 
but um, and honestly, then when I I did graduate from school and come back home, I did do more with going to church, but I. I was the church goer. Mm -hmm. That was the end of it. It was Sunday morning. Um, not that I didn't try to lead a, a good life, of course, but I certainly wasn't challenging myself with my with my faith sure. and with yeah. my um, you know pursuing God. And so, uh, cut to getting married. Uh, we still we went to church sporadically, and then we had kids. And then it's almost like things got really real at that mm, point because mm -hmm. it wasn't just me anymore. I felt a duty to spiritually guide and lead my children. And so once they got uh, of age to be more um, involved in church, and whether that's Sunday school or youth groups or whatever, um, we started really looking for a church family and a home base that would give them the opportunity to do that and so we had friends that came to first christian church and we decided that we were going to come as guests and check it out you know so we came and that was i believe my daughter was two and she's eight now um have felt very very comfortable here from the beginning um but still we were just doing church you know and and along that way i have found amazing friendships here um, beyond the friends that I've mm -hmm. already had that introduced me to the church. Um, I've, I've, we've become very connected to a small group, which has honestly, if you're not plugged into a small group, Cody did not pay me to say this. <laughs> <laughs> that is something that has helped my family, me, my husband, my kids tremendously. And it's just because you start to do this life with others that are have the same values and have the same um, thoughts and same problems, honestly, too, and the same exhaustion that you have. And it just really has connected us on a different level. And so um, I feel like, you know, here now that I'm in my 40s, I'll say. Um, but now that I'm here, I feel like I've uh, I've become much more grounded in my faith journey. Is there anyone in particular that you would say has influenced you in your faith? Um, well, early on would have been my grandfather, for sure. Um, current, Rennie, my okay. husband, is a huge, um, huge help and uh, leader in, in our family's faith. Um, and I mean that in a way that he, he I don't know if I want to say he knows more. He'd probably say so. I, I'll probably <laughs> <regret that. laughs> but um, just scripture and Bible study, and maybe that's partly his okay. upbringing and partly his educator and history love yeah, and all of yeah. that. But when I have questions or when I start to just start to question, um, he's usually there to point me into the direction that I should be That's looking. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's a it's huge really cool. um, mentor in my faith. And then my my small group is amazing. Um, they you know I I can name them all if you want me to, but um, <laughs> it's just it they've been you know it, there's comfort in finding that you're not alone. And mm -hmm. that 
you don't know all the answers, but neither does anybody else. And to to attach yourself to people who, you know, maybe don't know all the answers and admit that, but maybe are just a little bit further along than you are, then they're going to bring you up. Mm -hmm. And you're going to um, start to act as if and start to look when you when you know more you you know better sure and yeah. so um those those have been the huge men brennan manning a guy named brennan manning mm -hmm. wrote a book called ragamuffin and okay. he uh would refer to christians as we're just a bunch of ragamuffins and <laughs> we're trying to figure out this whole life story thing we together are. so Absolutely. all right well uh do you have a favorite bible verse I do have a favorite Bible verse. What you got? Um, you know, I that that's one thing that Rennie could spout off to you really quickly is is scripture and verses and where to find them. I have to look um, every time. I always know it's Jeremiah, but I never know which one. But it's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope in a future. Nice. And that always comforts me. Yeah. It really brings me a lot of peace. Um, because when we're, we're in this life and we, we are the exhausted parent, person, leader, whatever you can child, you could, you know, put any noun after that exhausted adjective. Um, it gives me peace to know that, you know, just, just slow down. This is, this is not, um, it's not meant to be exhausting. It's not meant to be really not meant to be difficult. Although we have difficult decisions to make and things, it's God is always there. Mm -hmm. And always it just comforts me to know that, you know, he's, he's carrying me along on this, well, on when, this journey. When he's in control, there's no reason to be exhausted. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I forget that. I forget that he is in control all of the time because mm -hmm. you get into this. Don't you know, we all? As a parent, as a business owner, you, you start to, well, I have to have control of that. I have to, you know, I have to be the one in control. And, and the facade is we aren't the ones mm -hmm. in control. It's always him. So this, that verse really gives me a lot of peace. Absolutely. Well, you know, we are here to talk to that parent who feels exhausted. Yes. Um, is it important for parents to take care of their complete wellness? Absolutely. And I will say, you know, just how I've said just a minute ago about how it, it feels good to know that others are right along with you. Mm -hmm. I'm one of those, you know, I, I have been anyway, one of those exhausted parents and we all go through our ups and downs with those things. And some can peel themselves out at ease, out of it, out of that exhaustion easier than others. And really it's just because they've learned more and they have the tools to do so. We're all busy. There's a, if there's one thing that a big pet peeve of mine is people playing the busy card because mm -hmm. we're all busy. If you're a CEO of a company, you have different busy than you do if you're a stay-at-home mom, but you're still busy. If you're, you know, doing life as a manual laborer, well, you're still busy as the person is that's working at their desk at State Farm. We all are busy. So we're busier now, I feel. Um, of course, I, I didn't live the exhausted parent life 20 years ago because I wasn't a parent, but we have... This could speak to anybody. We have 24-7 technology now. We, uh, we have news in our face all day, all night. We have Facebook, if you choose, in your face all day, all night. Twitter. I mean, we get whatever. Mm -hmm. All of it's there. And what compounds our exhaustion 
is that we never unplug from that or rarely do we unplug from that. And so when you couple the deadlines and the physical stresses and uh, you know, I'll, I'll speak to three stresses because that's what undoubtedly brings people into my life and my practice and their physical stresses, emotional stresses and chemical stresses. And those things are in our, we cannot get away from them completely, but it's how we react to them, which will determine our health and our complete wellness. So physical stresses, undoubtedly, the physical stress of sitting at a desk for hours on end is wreaking havoc on your body, not to stress you mm -hmm. out, <laughs> more than the person who is laying concrete or digging holes or, you know, fill in the physical manual job. And most of our jobs now are sitting, are stagnant sitting all day long. Um, I've heard before uh, people use the tagline, sitting's the new smoking, and it's because it's just that bad for us. 90% of our nutrition to our brain comes from movement, mm -hmm. movement of our spine specifically. And so you have to move around. And one reason we're so exhausted is because we're not moving. So move, you know. That's so think something. about, so what are some ways, some practical ways in the workplace that, you know, I work at State Farm. I've got this desk mm -hmm. that I have to sit at. Right. The doctor's telling me I need to move while I'm working. How do I move without, is there strategies to move without getting in trouble with my boss? <laughs> right, yeah. So you don't have to get up and run around the block. You know, it's just honestly getting up, move around your desk. Um, yes, you could do some stretching. You could do some um sit and fit exercises where you're you're just moving your muscles and moving your spine but just honestly rebooting your system by getting up stand mm. up a lot of these workplaces have stand sit desks in the corporate world anyway. yeah yeah those are phenomenal for being able to stand up and sit down when you need to um also let's say you're not able to move much during your day or you're in long uh, that's another thing not now you don't even have to walk to meetings. The meetings come to you via computer. Good so point, yeah. now you're not even walking to the meeting. So now you're just sitting even more. So be mindful of that. And when you have the opportunity to move, move. So let's say lunch comes around and you, you should be eating. That's another part of good health eat, and, and eat, complete eat. wellness is good eating good food. Good food. Not, oh, good food. Not Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm not teasing you. So um, <clears throat> is when you're off work, utilize some strategies to get your body moving. Okay. It doesn't have to mean um, going to a gym. It doesn't have to mean standing in front of your TV and, you know, watching some workout video and going through the motions. Be with your children. If you don't have children, walk your dog, garden. Um, you know, we can find many things that will improve your health, things you already like to do anyway that can make you more active. Coming home and sitting on a computer for longer hours, getting your iPad, um, texting, Facebooking, that's not helping in the world of good movement. Vacuuming your house. Vacuum. I got to walk around my house when I vacuum. You know what? Turn some music on and dance with your vacuum. Yeah, I love you it. Got, you got, 
You gotta make it a little bit of fun. You have to clean it anyway. I so love you might my as vacuum, well. Actually. That's pretty awesome. You can come <laughs> to my house and vacuum anytime. Um, so so we have that. So we're speaking to the physical stuff there. So we also have emotional stress, which is what most people, you know, you're inundated with emotional stress all day long. Um, whether it's deadlines at work, whether it's um, you know, financial situations, whether it's your children, whether it's your marriage, whatever the case may be. There is emotional stress, and there can be good emotional stress. You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're planning a wedding. You're, sure. you're um, you know, going to be in a, this wonderful podcast, and you have to think <laughs> of what you're going to say. No. There's, there's emotional stress day in and day out, and our bodies have a physical response to, to emotional stress. And I won't go into the details of that, mm-hmm. but just that stress is reducing your body's ability to fight off illness, injury. You know, the reason that this time of year being at Christmas time, uh, December, January, February is cold and flu season is not because there's more germs in the world during this time frame. It's because we're so tired. Our bodies are so tired. We're in the hustle and the bustle of the holiday season. We're eating junk. You know, I, I, God love my patients. Do not take this as a plea as not to bring me goodies because I like it. <laughs> However, I'll take Buckeyes. I have, there you go. I have lots of junk and it's there, it's available. Yeah. I eat it. Okay. Um, so you have the, the physical stresses of the hustle and bustle, you have the emotional stresses of getting stuff done and, and end of year deadlines. Here, I got something that I, hey, can I, can I you interject in. here? Yeah. Emotional stress. I can't help but think of. St- like social media and technology. Oh, um, huge. Have you seen how that affects our emotional stress and can Absolutely. speak from? Because you can't get away from it. You know, when I, I'm older than you, Cody. However, oh, okay. I think that when you were a kid too, I'm, I'm talking the 12 and under crowd. Did you have a cell phone? Uh, I just got a phone when I was, I believe, in seventh grade. Okay. So you're right on that cusp. Yeah. So when I was a kid, and Lila, my daughter, always, anytime I say in those days or these days, she cringes because she thinks it ages me by about 20 years. Mm -hmm. However, I'll be one of those people. I didn't walk a mile in the snow both ways or anything like that. But we didn't have this technology. We, of course, had TV with about 13 channels on it. You didn't Mm -hmm. even have all-day TV. But when I came home from school, you grabbed your bike You grabbed your ball glove, you grabbed the basketball, whatever it was, and you headed out the door. You couldn't get to your friend's house quick enough. And so we played, and we we didn't have a phone to look at. We Mm -hmm. didn't have Facebook. We didn't care what was on TV because we were active, and we were outside, and we were running around. So we may have had tests that day. We may have had some stress at school, but then when we got home, we unleashed it and went out, and we were kids. That conversely, with being a parent at that time, you you got to sit down, you made dinner. We had two, two rules. When mom screamed out the window to come home for dinner, you came home from dinner for dinner and you ate dinner around the kitchen table with your family, rehashed the day, you ate your food, then you went back outside and played. And the second rule was be home when the streetlights come on. So then you come home when the streetlights come on, you get your bath, whatever, you get ready for bed, you have some downtime, you go to bed. So that was that on, on the kids' side of things. On the adult side of things is you actually had some time to talk to your spouse. You sat down with your family. 
you had some time to regroup and plan for the next day. You had that, you didn't have, the, the mom or dad didn't have Facebook in their face mm-hmm. either. Um, maybe even they did sit down to watch their show, but that was a time to relax and regroup. Now we have, we're 24-hour parents. We are monitoring their Facebook. We're, my kids aren't old enough for that yet, but when they get to that point, you're mm-hmm. monitoring their Facebook. You're monitoring their texts. You're monitoring um, what they're seeing on TV, what they're seeing on the internet, because, oh my goodness, you could, you could get into anything there. Um, we're, we're, we could have apps on their phones that have GPS that tells us where they are all the time. My parents didn't know. I said, I'm going to, you know, uh, Stephanie, that was my best friend growing up. I'm going to Stephanie's house and I went out and played and they didn't sit there and worry about, oh my goodness, where's she at? Well, now I could put GPS on my kid's phone. So it's, it's 24 seven. Well, and I think that, you know, as you're talking, um, there's a couple things that came to my mind. One is something that I have found negative with social media um, when it comes to mothers, and I noticed this when I was doing children's ministry, mm-hmm. was obviously most people, when we make posts on social media, they're happy. We mm-hmm. look like our families are perfect. Mm-hmm. And also all of our kids are perfect. Right. And it's a lot to live what up I have noticed is especially with moms, yes. they start the comparison trap Absolutely. between their kids and their family versus this family and my family and in our minds, we we compare them and rate them. Yep. And I just find, especially like maybe um, mothers who in their downtime, they get on that social media and they start looking at their girlfriend's family and their kids and what they're doing. And then you think about what you're not doing. And I see emotional stress with that, the comparison trap that social media uh, fosters. It's huge and that that's a great thing to bring up because not only are you comparing how you're leading your family and what your kids are doing or how they're looking or oh my goodness I didn't make it to the reindeer farm this Christmas and they did or, or or whatever the case may be is you know today's world our kids there is so much opportunity. You know, Rennie will say, for instance, <clears throat> my kids like sports, and for instance, he'll say, I don't understand why uh, baseball numbers, we can't even hardly field a team because there's not enough kids that want to play baseball. And I say, well, now, they get, now they're expected to specialize in a sport by mm-hmm. the time they're six years old, I know. which is ridiculous. Yeah. And they're, you know, they have the opportunity to not only be at baseball, but now they can be at all year basketball, they can be at travel volleyball, they can be at, um, of course, should be too, at church things, they can be at, um, fill in the blank. There's so many things that they have the opportunity to do right now. It's when I was a kid, there was just baseball and softball mm-hmm. in the summer. So that's what every kid who wanted to play a sport, that's what you did. Mm-hmm. And so now, <clears throat> excuse me, when our kids are so, we're, we're comparing as parents like oh well little johnny's in he's in this baseball camp or he's he's playing 500 games in the summer i better make sure that my kids are doing that because that's the only way that they're going to have an opportunity to compete with these kids and it's just not true and that's what i would want to do is encourage people to know 
that you have to do, you have to define what's right for your family and your children, and then you have to move towards that the best you can. And we're going to have ups and downs, and we're going to have times of, um, you know, are we doing the right thing and, and, and seeking approval and validation. But if you know, is it furthering the mission that I want for my family? And if the answer is no, which I can tell you that we say no to our kids and to ourselves all the time, just because we know that we're, we are busy. And when we're with our children, there should be some quality time mm -hmm. spent with our kids. I came home the other night from, uh, of course, a long day at work and I walk in the door, <clears throat> excuse me, about 545 at night. And there's sweet little Lila in all of her angelic looking face. Mm -hmm. And she asks me very sweetly, mom, can you take me back into town? Because there's a family movie night tonight at school and I can help with student council. Well, when is that, Lila? It's at 6.15, which is like 5.45 at this Ugh. point. And we live 15 miles from town. And Rennie, God love him, had dinner cooking. I was walking into this, this perfect little family time. And I said, Lila, we haven't even eaten. We've been gone all day. You've been at school all day. I don't think it's the right night for you to go. Do you have to be at student council? Is this something that you're required to do mm -hmm. that when you signed up, we said we'd be a part of? No, she said, if it, but they need some help. I said, well, honey, that's great, but that's not something we're going to be able to do tonight. Every part of my being wanted to haul her back into Clinton, get her plugged into that student council, because I knew she'd love every yeah. minute of it. But it wasn't the right thing for our family and for her. I mean, she was, it was going to be one more thing on her plate, and every other night is taken up with something. So we needed that time as a family. Did she hate it? Absolutely. Did it kill me? Yes, it did. For a minute. Yeah. And then what became of that night was wonderful. We had our family time. We had our, you know, one thing that I've started with my kids just recently is some nightly devotions. And I've, it's not hard. You go online, you look up kids' <laughs> devotions. Yeah. <laughs> it, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. And I read through it. It's a short, you know, it we do read some scripture. My kids are old enough to read. So they take some time, take turns reading a little bit of scripture. And then we plug it into how that's affecting their life and, and, and our lives and how we can do better and how we can live better and be better. And it has made a huge difference. And praying with our kids is something we do to de-stress too. Kids have the best prayers. I mean, oh, I legit. Know. I know. You know, um, I have one of my best friends. She just lost her father, and so I, I asked. I wasn't. It wasn't even in the context of that. But we said, um, you know, who wants to say the prayer? And so Lila decides she's going to say the prayer. And my eight-year-old says, her entire prayer was, "Dear Jesus, please be with our friends Mason and Colton." Um, since they lost their grandpa, or their grandpa died, she said it that way, since their grandpa died, but please let him have fun with you in heaven. And I was like, amen. Yeah, what, yeah that's what it. What a perfect prayer. She understood that people would be hurting, but then she understood that there was better. Mm -hmm. And at eight years old, I feel like, I mean, I looked at Rennie and I said, we're winning. I mean, that was, that was <laughs> that's amazing. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, there... And now is the time to be with your children 
And I know that can stress you out. And that's probably why people are listening because they're like, okay, I really want that. And that's kind of that Facebook thing. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. And that sounds awesome. But I'm here to empower you to say that there are strategies to help you. If you can keep yourself and your children healthier by managing just small details in their physical, emotional, and spiritual wellness, if you could just do one little thing, then that one little thing will start to snowball into more. And your kids are smart. They're going to pick up on things. Um, I think that it's, it's our responsibility to lead our families. It's also our responsibilities to realize that God is in control. Yeah. And that we don't have to micromanage everything. And we're not, we're not going, those, those people on Facebook, they don't have perfect lives either. You know, it's, it's, um, we all have our struggles. And if we know the resources of where to turn, and maybe if you get one little glimpse of something I say or Cody say, says or Greg says or who, whoever it is in your life, that maybe you'll, you'll do better. I think the thing that kind of the, the tagline that I would put on the last five minutes or so of this conversation mm -hmm. is in order to say yes to a healthy family environment, you have to start saying no to busyness. One of my best friends said, uh, she reminded me the other day, she said, um, every time you say yes to something outside, you're saying no to your family. Mm -hmm. And believe me, when I first came back to town as a um, young professional, um, you know, trying to find my way in that career world, I was in everything. I was on every board that asked me. I was in every organization. I worked 10 hours a day. I didn't have kids at this point, but I did it all. Uh -huh. And Nat, once I started having children, and even once I got married and realized there's there's more to life than XYZ board and whatever other mission I'm trying to further, once I gave myself permission to say no in a loving way, you know, you know what? That's just not going to, and you don't have to, you know what? You don't even have to tell them why that's beautiful too. Cause I always thought, well, I'm going to have to give Cody a big dissertation as to why I can't mm -hmm. work on this committee. No, you don't. You just say, no, I'm sorry. That's not going to work for me right now. Let me know yeah. next time something comes up. Maybe I'll be able to help at that point. And so I think just, you know, I, I was looking in, in the scriptures a little bit, knowing about, you know, we were talking about exhaustion for this podcast. First uh, Corinthians mentions at least three times about the body being a temple that God can use. And so in order, we need to take care of our temple in order to be used for great things by God. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, that starts with us individually mm -hmm. so that that can happen in our family. Absolutely. And if we don't start with the temple, um, you know, are we going to be used uh, for great things by God? You know, right. I mean, we've got to be ready for that. Do you want to be the 80-year-old doing limbo on the cruise ship? <laughs> or do you want to be... Love cruises, by the, the way. way. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so absolutely, you have to, you have to take care of yourself. the The body that made the, or I'm sorry, the the power that made the body heals the body. I mean, that's 
there's there's no doubt in that we just have to give ourselves a fighting chance and being mindful of our how we're moving in our exercise our nutrition is that's another thing we're running to all of these things and what are we eating mm-hmm. you know we're eating mcdonald's and yeah, maybe you feel like you really had a healthy night if you stop at Subway instead of McDonald's. <laughs> the salad. You know, the salad. Let's yeah. get a salad. Um, so it's how do we expect our minds and our bodies to run as perfectly as they are supposed to, much less our children's when we're feeding them Pop-Tarts and mm-hmm. Reese's Puffs before they go to school. How are, we, how are they going to focus? How are they going to learn? How are we going to focus? How are we going to learn? Um, I mean, there's biological reasons we don't when we're feeding ourselves like that. So as a church, you know, and, and people that go to our church know that we we dove into the Daniel plan. Mm-hmm. That would be something that I would encourage for an entire family. And I'm not, you don't have to be, yes, your kid can have a cookie every yeah, once in a while. Sure. Yes, you will find me in a drive through from time to time. But it's not all the time. Mm-hmm. You have to choose those proteins, fruits, and vegetables, and those healthy fats. And those are the things that are going to keep our temple the way it should be. And I think one thing that I want to make clear is, um, well, I see frequently in, in how we live our lives and how we view our lives, we have the physical life, we have the emotional life, we have the spiritual life, and we kind of keep them in different departments. Um, but they all go together. And even uh, in Third John, in the very back of the Bible, um, something that, honestly, we don't read a whole lot of. A lot of us forget about it. But in Third John chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. So right there in God's Word, we see how the physical is attached to the spiritual and and the emotional and and it all goes together and if we're going to lead our families well our marriages well our kids well um, we need to take care of all three speak to each other yes they can't be separate you can't Mm -hmm. just take off your physical hat and put on your emotional hat and take off your emotional hat and put on your spiritual hat it should be the same hat you know, yeah. it should always be together. And if you give your, if you set yourself up or your children up to be, um, you, you give them the best foot forward, then these other things become a little easier. Yeah. Do you have any parting, encouraging words for those who are listening who are ready to give up? because they're just so exhausted. Any just last parting shots? I would say, um, you know, be still Mm. and turn off the chatter in your own head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, taking time to smell the roses seems funny, but really just relax and know that we're all together in this reach out to somebody who may be more equipped or or just further along in their journey mm-hmm. to help pull you up or pull you out. Um, you don't have to have all the answers. Just do the best you can. for. And, and there's no rule book. There's nothing that says 
you or your children should be involved in 42 things a week <laughs> or or not you know you have to you have to find the balance in your own family and it's okay to realize that you're in an overwhelmed pattern mm -hmm. or in an exhausted pattern and to step back and say you know what tonight the laundry's not going to get done or we're not going to sign up for this organization or sport because it's going to take too much time away from our family and, and where we want to see our family go. So really knowing that it's okay and empowering yourself to equip yourself with the tools necessary mm -hmm. to help you through this. Um, lean on on your faith and lean on your your friends and your family and your church leaders and, and really help each other along maybe even use that time of rest and be still and um pursue pursue your heavenly father absolutely you know, just open crack open the word of god and see, like actually see listen. how he speaks yeah, yeah yeah instead of just asking for things or pleading or questioning just listen just in, there's so many times in prayer that I, you know, I'll start out in prayer and in my own head, I end up deciding what we're having for dinner or, <laughs> night or whatever. So a lot yeah. of times I have to just sit there and be still. Um, you know, the, the things that I mentioned before in, in helping yourself to be healthful, it doesn't mean you have to go out and, and start a program or start a, mm -hmm. uh, an exercise routine. But if you make little changes, you'll drink more water. That could be your takeaway. If you make these little changes in your physical being, your mind is going to be nourished to the point where you're not so frazzled. Your mind will actually start to relax mm. when you're taking care of yourself. Then you can better mentor your own children. Yeah. And then they'll mentor their I mean, but this is just, it's such a... Um, an awesome topic for you, even as a non-parent, yeah. to to see, hey, I could see where this could be a huge issue for folks. And it, you know, stress is the number one people come to see me. Well, There's no doubt even, about it. Even one thing that I, I started uh, being newly married. Yes, congratulations. Um, em, thank you. Um, <laughs> Emily and I are still trying to figure out the whole merging of schedules, you mm -hmm. know, before you commit to something, check out with the other person, you know, Hey, right. what do you think about this? What's you our know? Google calendar? Kind of, kind of that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, You're we, blue. I'm yellow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we do have a Google calendar actually, yeah, which is hilarious. Awesome. Um, but, uh, just this week, um, what is today? Tuesday? Wednesday. I'm, I'm like going or crazy. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yesterday actually mm -hmm. on our calendar, it said be home. Like nice. last night was put on the calendar like another event or trip that we um, are committed to. We put on that calendar as part of our schedule Tuesday night this week. We're doing nothing. That's actually We're going to be home. So it was put in the schedule like everything else, whether it's, you know, if your family does sports or, mm -hmm. you know, working out or, mm -hmm. you know, this club or that club, mm -hmm. how you put on the calendar. We said last last yeah. night we're gonna be home. That yes. that's the event that's for tomorrow amazing. night. So, well, um, I want to kind of end uh, our time with just an encouraging word from Psalm one thirty nine, um, in verse fourteen. It says, "I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. 
Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Of course, the psalmist is uh, writing those words, proclaiming that to, to God and saying, hey, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And I am proclaiming that because I know that I have value um, because my Heavenly Father says I have value. That's awesome. And when he says that, I believe it. It's real. And yeah. so um, I guess I just want to, my parting words with everyone who's listening, if you find yourself exhausted, uh, believe the truth that is found in Scripture that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Uh, Dr. Kluver, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. As are and, you, Cody. Thank um, you. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, just use that as a word of encouragement. Um, thank you again for coming in and kind of letting us get to know you on a more personal level, but thank then you. also giving us some insights uh, just from your your professional life as to how we can take care of ourselves better and how that's linked to our uh, spiritual lives. So thanks Thank for coming for in. Me. So um, next month uh, we will be doing episode two with a new friend of mine. Her name is Amy Joy Tofty. She is from the Bloomington Normal area. Uh, Amy Joy is going to help us unpack the topic of instilling uh the love of God's word in children of various ages. And so with Amy Joy, um, honestly, I don't know how many children she has, but she has a very big family. Um, and she has children of all ages. And she has had to try to figure out how do I instill the Christian faith in my teenage child versus my two-year-old. You know, it's it, it looks a little different. And so... Um, She's going to come in, and we're going to talk about that uh, next month for episode two. So um, if you can uh, download that podcast, um, hopefully you will enjoy it. Again, um, the the best thing that we could use uh, when it comes to your help is when we uh, share a link online, um, you know, share that on Facebook, on your social media. Uh, We need to build our audience. Uh, Hopefully these uh, conversations... Um, will open up uh, many thoughts that many people out there have and hopefully together we can find some answers and encouraging one another um, as you lead your families and as we try to build bridges between parenting and the Christian faith. So uh, you can find this podcast on www.clintonfcc.com and you can also go to the First Christian Church in Clinton, Illinois Facebook page and find the links there. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you at episode two.